let's jump right into it. Speaking of the album, the simulation out now, killer album, but you guys are, have already announced you're doing two albums this year. Is that because it's part of like a, a, a marketing strategy or is it more because there's a theme behind the album or what, what was kind of the thought process behind that? As a songwriter, I kind of feel like the attention span of people these days is either getting shorter or it's never been there in the first place. So for me, I want every song, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I have like a batch of songs and I'm like, oh, I really want people to hear these two, but the rest of them, whatever, they'll just fill space. So for us, we ended up having a pretty long album. And so I think 16 songs. And so we decided ultimately to release them in half, cut everything down the middle and in the hopes that when people get these eight songs right now, for example, the simulation that each song will get its full time and attention as opposed to putting 16 out and then maybe people like three singles and then they listen to the first half and then the second half doesn't get listened to too often. So basically just giving each song its time. Okay, cool. So it's not part of like a concept album or anything like that. Just kind of a matter of, of each song get the spotlight and, and the deserved attention. So that's the main reason, but you, but you are correct in, as far as um, it's going to tie together artistically. I believe I believe the plan right now is even the artwork on the second half is going to be kind of tied in. So it is there's multiple reasons, but I think mainly selfishly as a songwriter, I, I just the most important one for me is to give each song its moment. Okay. You know, I was thinking about something, uh, you know, just kind of the difference between like radio, you know, the difference of making an album and, you know, with radio, it's kind of whatever happens on the air is what happens on the air. But when you're making an album, long question short, how do you know when a song is done? Like, how do you know when it's finished in your estimation? This one was even harder to come to that conclusion because I, I produced and engineered the record too. So you kind of get these times where as a songwriter, you're like, oh man, I can, if I just have more time, like for example, I just finished doing my solo album after one of Osiris record was done and I kept on writing the guy who mixed it like hey one more thing one more thing one more thing so I don't <laughs> think there's ever an end and it was especially hard this time with Born Osiris uh, producing engineering because it was like my studio I could just walk next door to hop in and change something and add something so that's actually the hardest part I don't even know if there's an answer to that I feel like once the guys put vocals on then you know the label kind of starts saying all right things uh, wrap it up wrap it up so and I'm not saying that in a negative way like they rush us by any means I just mean I think the group as a, as a whole goes all right let's move along so you kind of run out of time in a, in a lot of ways I was wondering if you did like the car test or anything if there was like you know I'll go listen to it in the car and if it sounds right with the windows down driving you know fast down a highway then like I'm good with it or or any other sort <laughs> of like little tests like that or anything absolutely the car test always works especially there's six guys in the band so it's kind of like each song it finishes in a different way each each person has their opinion and wants different things so it's almost like i don't know each song has its own story from beginning to end it's, it's interesting I, I i do enjoy it been the same dudes for a long time so it's definitely we're starting to get to know each other get better at each what we each do and kind of know each other's tendencies we've been lived together for many years in the band um so i feel like as time goes on we get we figure each other out even more we're, we're on our 11th year touring and and uh, probably about 13 or 14th year together so it's been nice yeah, man. I, you know, speaking of time, I was going to mention it. Can you believe that like a higher place is going to be 10 years old in July? Or, or I guess if you wanted to get critical, I mean, it was, I'm sure it was probably already written by this time 10 years ago. Right. And probably already recorded. It was just a matter of getting the artwork done and getting it, you know, to all come out and everything. But reflect on that for me for a sec. Go back to 10 years ago in a higher place. Absolutely. So it's crazy. Go back to the beginning when we got signed. I was 17 in high school and I had to wait till my 18th birthday to even sign the contract. So we just did the 10 year anniversary of our first record, The New Rain, in, in 2017. And that was crazy because we're still in our 20s. So, you know, we, we did the first 10 years, close that out now, and we're a second 
and it's like we're still in the 20s. We, we're blessed with the early start, so I'm happy about that. As far as higher place goes, um, I didn't even know that we were coming up on the 10 year. It's funny, so thanks for telling me. But <laughs> it was an interesting time. You know, we were we did our first record, The New Rain. There's so many things going on. So we're on tour supporting that album, and so we're writing in a van. So we're hooking our laptops up via auxiliary cable to the van, and we're <laughs> writing songs outside of venues for what became a higher place. So it's it's crazy to look back and think about that. You know, if there's any time we've ever been, you know, writing in a stressful or rushed scenario, that would have been it. I wouldn't take that back at all. You know, those memories are incredible. I was just going to make the joke that it definitely wasn't a higher place when you were when you were writing if you're crammed <laughs> together in, you know, a van rather than like some lofty recording <laughs> studio or something. No, yeah, we were definitely, if there's anything about it being a higher place, it was because we were high as hell in a van just trying to make some music. <laughs> <laughs> got the tour coming up man a great package we get you in uh, southern california here at the region theater downtown la on on february the 16th but uh chelsea grin and make them suffer and talk about this tour going out this is awesome yeah and then we just uh, wrapped up the opener um uh, kingdom of giants as well so tour is going to be really fun we're bringing out a lot of lights big light show big production i think this will be the biggest headliner we've done up until now so it's really exciting and chelsea green is a band that uh, we've been friends with for a long time and we've known for a long time and we never really have to tour with them so this is kind of a nice time to get to do that uh, make them suffer from australia they're doing really well um there's a lot of hype behind them uh, a lot of people are really into their new record so i'm excited about that and then as far as kingdom of giants we just confirmed them and um they're like an architects meet gent if you were to ask me Oh, um, cool. So I think it's a cool mix. I think it'll start the, the show out really nicely. Awesome, man. And then, so that that's kind of the, the thing for this tour is going to be a production out of you guys, putting some money behind the lights and doing any visuals or anything like that, any screens or anything? Um, at the moment, we just have uh, lighting. We were talking about doing some pyramids that were screens uh, or, or portal-looking things, like circular, like on the cover of the record. And as far as how that stands out, I, I'm not... 100%, but if it doesn't work out, we'll, we'll just add more lights. It's definitely going to be our biggest production. I just finalized like the banner that will be behind us today, so that's exciting. You know, These are things that, um, even in the past, we've kind of just had managers kind of handle. But the band, I feel like as we get older, um, head towards our 30s a little bit, we're kind of hands-on with everything, so it feels more feels more special every time something comes together like that. Yeah, when you're the ones you know making the calls and, and putting your stamp on it and everything and making more ownership of it, that's cool, man. Hey, speaking of uh, tours and big tours and ramping it up, a few weeks ago, I saw some old touring mates of yours disturbed, and they were kind of doing the same thing and go out in arenas for the first time. And you spent some time on the road, part of music as as a weapon, their tour, and wanted to kind of take a look back on that. Any uh, stories or memories or things that jump out from uh, that tour? Yeah, that was such a special tour. I feel like that was that first kind of big leagues tour. Kill Switch Engage is also on that, Disturbed. Let's see, who else is on that? Uh, like Soulfly. There's like OTEP. There's some really. I, I, I don't quote me on each one of those, but it's fun. We would like play in the parking lot of the of the arena. That was kind of a free thing, so people could come to the the show. They could hang outside. They would be like in downtown areas all the time. So like people that weren't even going to the show, that were just kind of walking around in that city that day, could kind of see the show. We got to play for uh, a crowd that you know wouldn't normally see us. And then there's also like a whole different kind of world of metal. 
um, those bigger bands that are not so extreme as we would be considered in the metal world. So put us in front of a different crowd. It was definitely a eye opener. Did you have any uh, interactions uh, with like David or or any of the guys in the band or anything like that, or any takeaway from from Disturbed specifically? Maybe it, even if it is just touring like a, in a machine like that in the big boy leagues. Yeah, one of the guys came up to us and found us in our trailer in the parking lot one day and they were like yeah my wife has your song bow down as her myspace song that's how long ago that was <laughs> so, that was a funny memory for me and that's kind of how we got started too is myspace so it's funny to see how things change you know internet wise and now it's like the podcast kind of situation or the facebook when that before it was like the pure volume of myspace that's when we got started so it's funny to think back on disturbed talking to us about myspace yeah, man, and who knows what it'll be another, you know, 10 years from now. It'll be something completely different, probably. Oh my gosh, I'm so curious. I do think that we're going to be seeing a change soon because Facebook is, um, I, I think the Born with Cyrus page has like uh, 750,000 people that we've been building up on that page for, you know, 10, 10 years or so. And it's just a shame that every time we post something, like each one of those 750,000 people clicked follow to, to see what we have to say when we say something on the internet. Right. But you have to pay money to boost the post, otherwise only a quarter of your fan base even sees it. And right. so, so for a band with us that has that many followers, I think of a new up-and-coming band who has a quarter of as many. So if they post something, you're thinking a quarter of their right. amount of people, which is a quarter. It's just... To me, it's it's not fair. It's not cool. Um, so I just think that we should be on the verge. I don't have any reason to believe this. I just hope <laughs> that we're on the verge of a situation where music can be for everyone again, um, easy, easily promoted, easily done. It's you know, it's scary. There's many different ways that people can be fearful of the, the direction the music industry is headed. But I hope it just takes a turn and we start to realize that uh, you know you can't be expecting these new bands to be paying for everything they do on Facebook. It's just not feasible yeah i mean it, it's and it's not real either like i feel like the internet lied to us you know it was supposed to be all this cool stuff for free and now they're like you come to find out nah you gotta read the fine print and there's some some charges behind the nothing, scenes nothing's free someone's got to make money off something right uh it's a shame hey lee i appreciate uh-huh. all the time let me get you with one last question and kind of a thing that i like to ask everyone started off as a as a drinking contesting kind of putting groups together bands together in a grouping and kind of highlighting a certain time and with it kind of being 20 years ago looking back on like the 90s and and talking 90s rock you know like we had the big four for thrash metal and that kind of defined the 80s well i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna add one to it and and go to the 90s and call it the flannel five and not that in, not that any of these bands could actually tour or anything, but I'm just curious, out of this list that I'm going to read to you, who your favorite would be out, out of the bands comprising of the Flannel Five is Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Who's your number one off of that list and why? Um, maybe Soundgarden. I think I just heard that the most in the house growing up. I can say I, I was not into the Nirvana thing. I was still pissed that they like killed 80s metal. You me know, too. I was too. born in 89. So like for me, I wasn't like aware of what, everything that was happening. So I kind of have a look back on it kind of thing. But I was, as far as Nirvana goes, I'm like, screw them, you know. Me too. <laughs> me mean, too. I have, a, uh, I have that kind of mentality towards it, which everyone gives me crap about. But I think Soundgarden, I heard the most. Alice in Chains as well. Um, those have been the two that was, my dad was probably playing the most in the household. So I couldn't quote you know, too many 
song titles and, and things like that that wouldn't be you know the mainstream singles but uh yeah i'd have to pick those two but soundgarden if i, if I hold you down to just one it would be soundgarden yeah absolutely that was it man thank you so much for the time 